Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. So if you watched TV during the 1970s and 80s especially, you will remember this. Not often, but every now and then watching your favorite program, you'd get this. We now interrupt our regularly scheduled program for breaking news, some kind of announcement, right? You remember that? The last one I remember was in 1986 when the Challenger space shuttle exploded. It was January, I think, 28th. But I remember that still so clearly when the programming I was watching was interrupted by the breaking news. I haven't heard much of that since, but consider this podcast to be the break-in to the regularly scheduled programming. This is the interruption. We're going to talk a little bit about Israel here uh, with this podcast. We will come back next week and maybe even finish Romans 8, 38 and 39. We were going to do that this week, but then Israel happened. And I just feel like it's, I feel like, you know, this whole podcast is about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what this podcast is is called. That's why I've written a devotional Bible study that is going to come out later this year for your Christmas lists and Christmas presents and for January 1 to start. This is why I preach what I preach and teach what I teach at the Joshua Center is the understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit, which is the intimacy, and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the, the activity. So how do we develop and cultivate that? Well, part of that is learning how to listen and how to go with where he's leading us. He is the third person of the Holy Trinity living within us, and we should learn how to hear his voice on a regular basis. Amen? And so I think this is right. I think this is where we need to be for this podcast is to talk about Israel and to uh, just think about and pray about kind of how, um, you know, just how to process it. And I've called in a, uh, a foremost expert, the foremost expert on Israel that I know. Uh, at least her passion is uh, undivided and unequaled about Israel. And that's my wife, Pam. So for the first time ever in 33 podcasts, I guess, I have a guest. And it's right and it's good and it's appropriate that it is my covenant partner, my sweetheart, my best friend, and uh, my wife. So she is here, right sitting next to me, talking about Israel. So um, I want to pray first. And as we, it's, it's a little different um, format here, but again, I think this is rightly led by the Spirit. So we're going to pray and then we'll jump in. I think we're going to just share some scriptures that come to mind as we learn how to pray for Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I think we may even share some memories that we have right now and maybe why our hearts hurt so deeply because we both love Israel. We love Israel differently. We love Israel um, uh, similar, similarly, but also differently. And, and I think uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, why we do. So, but first, uh, let me pray and we'll get, we'll get going. So Lord, we trust this is a holy interruption to the podcast 
schedule of looking at Romans 6, 7, and 8, incredible chapters, and we're excited to finish that maybe even next week. But unfortunately, events of this world have happened that have really kind of caught our attention concerning Israel. And so we just, we think this is right, and we think this is of you to to just talk about and pray about and just have some conversation about what does it mean to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Why is it important for Christians to not debate it as much as just to, to pray into it? But also even to talk about what does it mean prophetically? And also then just personally, what does it mean? So I thank you for the privilege of getting to sit next to my wife on this podcast. But also am grieved and I know my, as my wife is, we, 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 we are listening to the news, we are watching, and we have friends in Israel. And we'll quote probably those friends here at this podcast without naming names, but we'll probably quote them. But uh, it, it, it's, it's surreal, and at the same time, it is something that I know we are called to do, and that is to, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Probably should be praying for the peace of Jerusalem before we have to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but certainly now is the time that uh, we're called to, to obey the scriptures that tell us to do just that. So we ask and pray your spirit to guide and lead us so that people are encouraged and people are informed and maybe just maybe people are blessed in such a way as uh, we share, maybe we put to words what they're feeling as well. So we love you, Lord. We trust you in, in Jesus' your mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, Psalm 122, what translation do you have? I have the NASB. Okay, why don't you read, sweetheart, Psalm 122. I think it starts 6, right? It first starts, yeah, verse 6 to 9. Because here's the mandate, right? Here's Here's where it really first kind of is clear. This is what we're supposed to do as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Mm. So my translation is the NLT. I I won't read all of it. But the very last line, I will seek what is best for you. Oh, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So Jerusalem is not, as we know at this point, is not directly involved with the conflict at that, that we know of, but it's involved in the conflict, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, so let's do this first. Um, why do you love Israel so much? Why do you love Jerusalem so much? And then we'll come back to kind of what we'll talk about is I want to touch on what does this mean prophetically? Because we were having that conversation just a little bit ago. What does it mean prophetically? Because we've seen Facebook posts and saying, okay, this is the end of times. And or, you know, we heard even at Bible study tonight, it's the last hour. You know, And we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and I'd like to also maybe just really talk about what does it mean to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? What does it mean, especially in the regards to who do we pray for? I mean, there's, yeah. So, but first, why do you love Israel? Why do you love this land so much. I know we've been there together a few times, but why do you, why have you fallen in love with it? I think um, the first reason is because when, even when you're not there, but thinking about that 
Jesus walked in this place. Mm. And this is where um, Jesus as man, Mm. obviously still as God, but that's where he lived. That's where he did his day in and day out. That's Mm. where he um, obviously suffered the crucifixion. He just, he was among his people and Mm. he, he lived there. So it's just, I know the first time I went and thought, my foot has stepped mm, yeah. where Jesus's foot exactly. has stepped was just overwhelming at the time yeah. and is, is still overwhelming to me. Because there are some places that we know as our dear friend, uh, we won't call him by name, but one of our dear friends says, um, if it's not here, it's near. It's near. But so many times we felt like it was right there. And, and tra- tradition, history, and the Bible all kind of collide to kind of point to, yeah, this is exactly the place. Um, and it's also such a, uh, I think, a beautiful country. Yeah. Just the, the temperature sometimes and just the, the landscape. It can be very harsh, yeah. um, you know, in the desert and, su- and such, but it is a beautiful country. So we'll come to, I want to talk a little bit about Jerusalem and even the core meaning of that word. But um, let me just jump in to this. What are you feeling right now? As much as you love this country, we've been there, friends, we've been there together I think six, four times. Four times. Four I've been five, there five. Yeah. I think it's five. I think we've been there five. Anyway, we've been there five or six times. I know I was, I've been there once more before, besides Pam. I was there first without her as a group of 24 pastors from Asbury in, I think, 1999. I think it was close to that. But um, with Dr. Zanheiser, I remember it was his last trip. It was a peacekeeping trip. And it was actually, and I, I remember clearly, uh, we talked to a, um, I want to say, some kind of cleric. I don't know if it was a Muslim cleric, a Palestinian, or Israeli cleric, but there was some clergy person that I talked to because it was there, uh, I think it was at Shepherd's Field, and I went. We, our assignment was not just to sightsee. Our assignment was to find out why there is no peace. Mm. And, of course, you know, it's a thousand, thousands of years of, of conflict, but we, I, I remember talking to this cleric, and, and, and he gave me some answers, you know. But I finally said, the question was, um, do you think there's any hope for peace? And he said, no. And he began to cry. Um, and we've kind of heard that before where there's just, except for Jesus, you know, there's no hope for peace. So why are we supposed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? You know, what are we actually praying for? I guess is kind of the heart of it. Why, do you, why is your heart hurt or what is what is the emotions you're experiencing as someone who loves israel you have friends in israel um if let's be let's be true let's be really honest friends if pam were to retire today she would ask me to move to israel with her she would so we would that's where our station of ministry would be (laughs) but so why is it what are you experiencing I think it's, I told someone earlier, our friend in Israel, I said, my heart is just breaking for Israel. It's for the, it's for the people. It's, um, you know, you think of it as the promised land Mm. and Mm, it's, it feels like broken promises, not, not from God, but there, there is such just turmoil, um, and such heinous acts in such a place that, you know, is, is holy. It's mm. called the Holy Land for a reason. And that this is happening um, in that place. It would be horrific if if such things were happening anywhere. 
That's a good point. Um, but especially so. But especially yeah. in a place that, that, yeah. that has such history yeah. and promise and, you know, it's well, such, a place of hope and, and holiness. And it's such a, it's such a centerpiece in scripture. Mm-hmm. It's old, you know, we've got some verses we're going to read here in just a, a little bit, but it's just, a, it's such a centerpiece in the Old Testament and New Testament. And I mean, it really is. And so we, we look at this and say, how in the world, and again, and, and the mystery of why God chose Israel and why God chose the, the Hebrew people, you know, that, that's, that's, that's not for this podcast. But it, it is amazing, isn't it? You see all the, atro- and, and the atrocities have happened for centuries, and especially uh, here, uh, in, even in this century. 1973, the Yom Kippur War, our friend in Israel has said that there's not been any more, any greater fighting. Uh, this is the greatest fighting since then, and it's it kind of equals that, maybe even surpasses that. Um, you know, because we have on record, we know that there are kidnappings and beheadings, and there are there's just a, a just and and what his what what our friend said was the innocence, right? Right. These are people who are innocent in this. It's not like to necessarily it, you know, it'd be one thing if it were a, a battalion of soldiers versus a battalion of soldiers. Right. That's called war. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is both sides are at least in a in in that engaged, type of war prepared yeah, engaged and, and know that. what the sacrifices or the costs are for going into battle. Right, but here it's 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 terrorism. Right, and and we just know that God can never. There's no. It can be no support of terrorism of in God's heart, in God's eyes, and 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 that's what I think the people of Israel across the border are experiencing. Um, whether they're involved in the conflict or not. Yeah. And I also, I think of the people, obviously our friends mm-hmm. that we've, when we've been on trips. We've um, stayed in people's homes. Some we know by name. Um, we've been in that area. Right. Um, and I was thinking, I I don't know that we knew the woman's name. She was, it was a restaurant we ate at and I had my picture taken with her. Mm-hmm. It was a lovely meal. Yeah. And I keep, I keep coming back to thinking about her and just yeah. the people that, you just have no idea what their life looks like right now. Yeah. And it just, it, it honestly has brought me to tears several times. And that's the surreal part. We said this at Bible study tonight. You know, we know God's heart is for widows and orphans. Mm. And unfortunately, this has created more. Because mm. you know that parents have been lost and children have been lost and uh, husbands and wives have been lost and brothers and sisters. So it's just, yeah. It does. It hurts. It grips the heart and hurts the heart. So, um, so, what do you think? I mean, you're the. My wife has uh, 497 Bibles. Uh, she, <laughs> she, 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 she studies more than Pastor Tim. Uh, I guarantee it. So, why do you? What does it mean? Do you think to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? And I know there's other scriptures you may want to uh, to read, and that's fine. But what do you think? What does it mean? Because I want to talk about now, how do we pray for the peace of Jerusalem? And then uh, we, we want to talk a little bit about just what does it mean prophetically here in a little bit. But what do you think? I, I, I might have an answer. I, I don't know that yeah. it's the right one. Um, but first, I just I think it's interesting that Psalm 122, which is what I read from, is one of the Song of Ascents, yeah. which is what, as they traveled to Jerusalem, they would sing it, they would sing it mm-hmm. and they would pray it mm-hmm. um, because they were going to the, the feasts that yep. they were, I don't, 
I couldn't tell you how many each year they were required to go to Jerusalem, and it was, you know, their prayer. Right. Um, but, again, I think, obviously, we're praying for Jerusalem because that's where Jesus is going to come back to. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. Just, <laughs> I, that, that's my famous Pastor Tim yeah, answer, yeah, I, yeah. Don't I don't know. know. Um, I just know it's important because that's, I think, you know, the biggie. Jesus, where Jesus is coming back, you know, where his feet are going to land. Um, and obviously, God's chosen people of the Israelites, um, we think about salvation and that. So I just, you know, if there could be peace in Jerusalem... I think Jesus' feet would be landing, maybe. And what Pam's referring to comes right out of Zechariah 14. Let me read that, because that's one of the passages actually I had marked, Zechariah 14, um, the next to last book of the, the Old Testament before Malachi. So verse 3, chapter 14, Then the Lord will go out to fight against these nations as he has fought, as he, as he has fought in times past. Listen to verse 4. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will split apart, making a wide valley running from east to west. Half the mountain will move toward the north, half toward the south. You will flee from this valley, for it will reach across the Azel. That Yes, you will flee as you did from the earthquake in the days of King Uzziah in Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all his holy ones with him. On that day, the sources of light will no longer shine, yet there will be continuous day. Only the Lord knows how this could happen. There will be no normal day and night, for at evening time it will still be light. And, and listen to these next two verses. On that day, life-giving waters will flow out of from Jerusalem, half toward the Dead Sea and half toward the Mediterranean, flowing continuously in both summer and winter. Verse 9, my favorite. And the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day there will be one name, the Lord, and his name alone will be worshipped. You know, amen to that. And that kind of made me think, I was thinking about Joshua and when they were trying to, you know, take the promised land and come in, when Joshua prayed that um, the sun would stand still so mm. that they'd have more time, mm. um, we find that in Joshua 10, there was no day like that before it or mm. after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man mm. for the Lord fought for Israel. Amen. And I think that's why we pray for. That's really good. Um, that's why we pray for, for Israel and, and, and Israel, Israel, Jerusalem, because the Lord fights for Israel. The light Lord fights for Israel. Yeah, and and again, we're not here to determine. You know, does the Lord love the USA? Of course. Does the Lord love uh, England? Sure. Does the Lord love uh, you know you know Australia? Sure. Um, but but some somehow in his in his own providence, God has determined that Israel is. The nation he fights for. Israel is the nation he picked his people from. And and Israel is the place where Jesus will return. And so you're right. I mean, all these things uh, point to this, the real... And again, we shared this on Sunday and we shared it again tonight. How, how we should be praying for the peace of Jerusalem but without this. Right. And yet, because... Without... It, yeah, without the war. And, and we said this, we shared this, you know, uh, you know the Jerusalem... The core word of that, right? Um, the, the second part of that, Jeru Shalom. 
And we know shalom is the, the Hebrew word for peace, peace, completeness, wholeness. So the very core word, the very core part of Jerusalem, the very meaning of the name is mean place of peace or place of wholeness. And yet we've seen nothing but war and we've seen fist fights we've mm-hmm. seen arguments in our mm-hmm. trips together we've seen all kinds of ugliness in jerusalem and in israel uh many times we can't go to visit in in in, in the palestinian places because of, of of violence or threat of violence we just can't go there mm-hmm. um we try every single trip we try to put those on the agenda but sometimes we just can't go there because of a threat of fear and threat of, of violence and we've even seen, you know, like at Shepherd's Field to get into the cave, you know, people, you Rest, know, wrestling, wrestling and fist fighting, fist fighting because, to get in. You know, it was their turn. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, I remember, yeah, I mean, that was between, I, I guess, two Israeli guides, I guess, or out in who, if they're Palestinian or Israeli, know, yeah. but they wrestled. Yes. Trying to get into the cave where, guess what was pronounced in that from that cave? Peace, peace and goodwill. So right. here's this place where the announcements made. And they're fighting. It's cra- it really is crazy to think how um, this place that's known for peace and we're, pr- we're supposed to pray for peace is known for violence and war. And now, unfortunately, the war has escalated. So um, we got just about five more minutes or so. Um, any other passages of Scripture? I've got one. I want to talk about prophetic real quick. And uh, any passages of Scripture that come to mind with that or anything you want to add to this? So we see this, you know, end of times and the last hour and all that. Uh, any thoughts on how we respond to that or, uh, yeah, how do we respond to talk of the last hour or the last days are upon us because of this? I mean, I think, and you even said it, I think at Bible study, we've been in the last days for a while. Um, does this make me wonder, hmm, are we in closer to the the big last days or the, the <laughs> right. last last days? Right, yeah. Maybe because of just what's going on Um so I think you just continue to pray and press in. Um, we don't have access to that knowledge. Only God has access to when Jesus is coming back. And if we're, you know, is it getting closer? It is getting closer, but. Well, we know for sure. I say this all the time. We know that we are one day closer. Right. After yesterday and tomorrow will be one day closer. We know that. But I get, if I'm honest, I get a little bit. Uh, a little bit tense. My muscles get tense. I get a little bit, uh, you know, this little, this, I, I get this holy tension about me when people start talking about last hours, last days. Um, it's almost like trying to pick the Antichrist. It's mm-hmm. almost like trying to, you know, the Mayan calendar, you know, to, you know, the year 2000, none of us were supposed to make it. I, I just get really, I, I just want to encourage mature Christians to be mature. Uh, stop hawking about last days and last hours. We've been in the last days since the ascension of Jesus. Now, have they escalated? Will they escalate? We know this from Matthew 24 and different passages of scripture. We'll know, I mean, there are rumors of wars and rumors of wars and different things. But my goodness gracious, how many times have we declared, this is the last days? And I don't know. We should live like it is all the time, right? But I wonder if you know, I just I don't want that to take the focus off of how we're supposed to pray for for Israel and pray for the people. Um, do we pray for the end of the violence? Of course, but we also pray for justice, right? We pray for rightness, right? We pray for God to have His way here, right? And the reason I love what you said 
the reason we pray is because we, we are called to fight for Israel. And how do we fight for Israel? By praying. Why should we fight for Israel? Because the Lord fights for Israel. And just praying for those people for salvation. Yes. The ones that yes. we don't know. Um, yeah. Very many religions in Israel. Yeah, so just, you know, praying for the and salvation even with, of people who don't know the Lord. And even within the religion, there's factions within the religion. Right. But like Zechariah says, you know, um, we, we trust, we pray uh, that they will know the one name that is left. So... I've got one verse left, but I think you do too. I do. Yeah. Um, it's just, well, a couple of verses. Yeah. And I'm just more leaning toward, um, we talked about Shepherd's Field, mm. and I'm just, I was brought back to there. Um, so I went to Luke um, when the angel appeared to the, to the shepherds, um, and it said, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, hmm. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, for which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, yeah. there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And it just made me think about clinging to that and the hope, mm. for our hope is in that Savior, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ the Lord. And um, just thinking about the glory of the Lord being there Amen. in Israel. So I'm praying for that too. Amen. Amen. Um, I'll share one last verse. And it's a, I think it's appropriate because um, it comes from the last book of the Bible. And uh, <laughs> Pam's got me leaking now. So she started leaking in Luke. I'm, I'm going to leak here in Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth, earth had passed away, it disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully adorned and dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death and no more sorrow, no more crying and no more pain. All these things are gone forever. That's what I pray um, for Jerusalem that, um, and for Israel and for every person there that, like you said, sweetheart, they will know there'll, there'll be salvation in Christ alone, that they will know the true God, the one God that, whose name will be above all things, Zechariah 14, one name will remain, and it will be Jesus. And that when that new city comes down, um, that new Jerusalem comes down, they'll be a part of it. Um, we pray for the innocents. We pray for um, all those dealing with the effects of war. We pray for those who have had great loss. We pray for an end, but we also pray God's will be done. And we pray for God's justice to be done. And I would just leave you with this thought as Pam shared before, and we've already shared it a couple of times, but I think it's worth sharing again. Um, why do we pray for Jerusalem? Why do we pray for Israel? Because we fight for Israel. We fight for Jerusalem. Why? Because the Lord fights for Israel. Be blessed, my friends. And uh, we thank you for uh, allowing us this holy interruption. And uh, we trust and pray that... There will be peace in Jerusalem. 
and peace in Israel. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.